0: Go racing at Iowa Speedway, a little bit of a staggered start, but the green flies anyway. Watch for some early
1: movers as Will Power leads the field to green. Four wide, Ryan hunter Ray hanging it out on the outside of that blue and gold, number 20. We saw a big jump from Takuma Sato, but look at them jockey for position
2: mid-pack. That was brilliant, Ryan hunter ray going four wide. Meanwhile, Will Power head down, staring forward and pulling away.
1: Guys, the leader has caught lap traffic. We are now officially in a full string of cars, 17 laps in. Benjamin Peterson in the number 55 for AJ Foy Racing has gone a lap down.
2: And now you get into the debate as the leader, Will Power, how hard do I want to press right now? How much pressure am I feeling for my teammate McLaughlin and Joseph Newgarden? As we see the Verizon Chevy, Will Power coming down pit lane. And this is where your team is so critical because you don't need a full tank of fuel. You're probably only putting in 14 gallons versus the 18. As power comes to his box, fastest in the business right here, Kevin. And one thing we saw yesterday is he got to overlap 70
0: on a set of tires in practice. So he can make the last. Looking for a win in his 17th
2: consecutive season. First did done. Will power. All good. This is how Newgard got by. Turn two. Just spins it up a little bit with a little bit of a moment. Had to wait on the throttle. New, uh, excuse me, McLaughlin's been running the high line, making me a little nervous as he flirts with that seam of clean racetrack to marbled racetrack. Fought, he fought
1: Newgarden hard, didn't he? Yeah, he saw Newgarden's hands Here moving. Here we all go! As
2: we see it now, working for the
1: lead. Race lead. Doesn't change. Willpower hanging
0: tough. He's seen the challenge come from McLaughlin. Now it's Newgarden's turn.
2: Here we go! Oh! Look at this!
0: New not sticking around anymore!
2: It looked like he threw a shoulder at Will Power there at the exit of Turn 2. Well he's built like a football player and he storms his way to the front. McLaughlin might get Power. Power just had a bobble there in the middle of 3 and 4. How quickly things can change unfortunately the 15 is out of today's race and here's the reason why how did it happen graham ray hall looks to be on the outside of marcus erickson and how many times have we seen that here just a little high and he's a passenger at that point it looks like the steering arm might have broken on the initial contact with the right front lucky to not be collected
1: by anyone coming up right behind him there and a good job from graham to keep it down on the infield that first car to come by is kyle kirkwood watch this Kyle Kirkwood
0: flashes by in the pink car, you see to the right there. Kirkwood, the last car on the lead lap. Here we go, Marcus Ericsson jumps out of the line, goes past Will Power.
2: Kyle Kirkwood in that pink car, he's lining up for a shot as well. Watch out for Pano Award, that orange and black arrow McLaren on new rubber. This guy can be brave. Inside
1: on Scott McLaughlin. Mr. Fast Hands on the inside of Scotty Mack, can't quite get it done. When you've got clean air and new tires, those speeds go up, those corner forces go up. You're holding your breath in the corners. The Gs are so high. That's what these leaders are experiencing right now and trying to find a way past each other. What's happened here on the right of your screen is
2: Devlin DeFrancesco. And teammates, teammates Santino Ferrucci and Benjamin back, Peterson. To what happened? Benjamin Peterson pulling out. Devlin DeFrancesco coming in. Look at Will go. Power, Marcus Erickson side by side in turn
1: three battling for fourth position right now. Ericsson in the red and white Husky oh. ice car. Ericsson had unfinished business of a year ago here. He was desperate. He was salivating
0: to take the fight to Team Penske this year based on what he did last year. And he said, I didn't quite have the car last year to really take the fight to him. Now Erickson finds himself as high as he's been in this race in four. Seven eighths of a mile to go until Joseph Newgarden gets win number five here at Iowa Speedway. He was filthy after qualifying. He was so frustrated, he was angry, and that anger is gonna dissipate now. He is the king of corn country. Iowa Speedway sees Joseph Newgarden win again. That's win number five, and he is dominating the oval competition this 2023 season. First tomorrow, great job today. Hey, you like that? 129 laps led and another victory to the man from Nashville, Tennessee.
2: Watch the high v One Step 250, Sunday, July 23rd at 2 p.m. on NBC.
3: And with that, Josh, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast. With uh, myself, uh, Derek Vance, as always, and Josh Roberts is here as well. Uh, Josh, we had uh, two uh, two exciting uh, races uh, this past weekend uh, there in the great state of Iowa. Both uh, dominated, in absolutely dominating fashion, uh, by uh, you know not only Joseph Newgarden uh, but uh, Team Penske uh, as well. Uh, let's, uh, we'll get into, uh, we'll get into that as the show unfolds. Like I said, we have two races, uh, to talk to, uh, also to, uh, uh, hopefully I didn't get to uh, hear back from this individual, uh, Nate Ryan of NBC sports is, uh, going to are supposed to rather, uh, join us, uh, at the, at the bottom uh, half of, of the hour, uh, to talk about uh, what took place, uh, last weekend there in Iowa. Uh, but Josh, first and foremost, uh, Dominating performance, like we said, uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, both by one uh, Joseph Newgarden.
4: Yes, uh, Joseph Newgarden is currently uh, lobbying IndyCar to go away from road courses, go away from uh, go, go away from anything to do with street or road, and just go to all ovals. He is a dominant, dominant man on the oval. Um, you know, he is the Alex below of, uh, of ovals so uh don't it's amazing you know i i chose two two drivers that i thought were going to uh have great great uh great um great races and uh you went with uh new garden for both of them and you you swept it uh its it's a win 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 for the good guys i guess this week uh so uh narrowing that gap on our on our uh on our guesses on our predictions so uh new garden was was he was unstoppable. Um, I obviously didn't see what you saw, and uh, it just uh, it's backfired. And now uh, he has shrunk the lead that uh, that Pelot has, even though Pelot has a uh, handle a pretty comfortable eighty point lead in the standings. Uh, watch out. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how New Garden does. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if there's any more ovals left, but uh, if there are. I'll probably go with Newgarden next time.
3: You have uh, one oval left there, uh, Worldwide Technology Race- yeah, Raceway, St. Louis. Uh, right outside uh, St. Louis. Yeah, so it'll definitely be interesting. And then uh, think about, too, the momentum uh, that uh, Joseph Newgarden is uh, built uh, over the weekend there with that sweep. Uh, now he goes home uh, to his home track. Uh, in Nashville uh, in uh, two weeks time. Uh, so going to be interesting to see if uh, Joseph Newgarden can run down uh, Alex Pillow. Uh, like you said, uh, he did uh, uh, dip in, uh, dip into that uh, points lead there a little bit. Uh, let's get into uh, what uh, the uh, weekend uh, that was for uh, Joseph Newgarden and uh, team Pinsky here. Let's pull up uh, the, uh, the article, the, uh, the main article there. If you go over to, uh, last word on on, uh, on motorsports, uh, you'll see it uh, posted right there. Uh, like we said, uh, Newgarden sweeps Iowa doubleheader. Joseph Newgarden proved once once more he is the master of the Iowa Speedway, but for his rivals, certainly gave him a run for his money. The day started out with Will Power on the pole. Now keep that in mind, his teammate. Uh, in Team Penske uh, driver Scott McLaughlin in second and David Malukas in third. And uh, keep in mind too, uh, Ed Carpenter this past weekend celebrated his 200th uh, Indy uh, Car career start. So uh, congratulations uh, to Indianapolis native uh, Ed Carpenter for that. Uh, when the uh, when the green flag dropped, though, uh, Joseph Newgarden was in fourth position. He was P four. He started seventh, and the uh, Indy Car points leader Alex Palou uh, was twelfth. And uh, you see who dropped the green flag there, uh, Josh. Uh, your, your, uh, your your boy, uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, dropped the uh, green flag here uh, this weekend, um, but the first four laps uh, saw the most exciting uh, racing of the day where you had uh, Marcus Erickson uh, quickly uh, moved up uh, seven positions in Pato Award, uh, ended up moving up five. We move to uh, lap 30 when uh, Newgarden uh, finally passes uh, both of his teammates to the inside uh, to take the lead when leaving uh, Will Power and Scott McLaughlin in the dust. As we said, a truly dominant performance there by Joseph Newgarden. Uh, When it comes to IndyCar racing at Iowa, uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, could channel his inner Roman Reigns, and I know you like that analogy there, and demand that we all acknowledge him. Well, certainly not, not making enemies, uh, one has been dominant, Joseph Newgarden, on the 7th, 8th mile oval uh, as he. Uh, just like uh, yesterday, um, been la- this past weekend, uh, the key to the race was tire life. Uh, New- Newgarden must have had some a magical touch uh, to keep his machine-, machine in such better condition than the rest of his nearest rivals. Uh, combined uh, with a stellar pit crew, uh, New Garden and Company made made a deadly combination. Uh, interesting that there were uh, cautions uh, abroad on uh, Sunday, like less there was on Saturday, and I wonder if that's because uh, the drivers were kind of saving their their equipment because obviously it was a uh, doubleheader. Uh, the first caution of the day on on Sunday uh, came out when Augustine Canapino uh, hit the wall on lap eighty eight. The Argentinian rookie uh, uh, got in the marbles of the the uh, tires up there in the, uh, the top of the track, and he unfortunately just could not save his machine in time. Uh, the caution gave everyone the opportunity to pit and helped the top 20 get back onto the lead lap. Uh, Newgarden led the field to the restart and then resumed where he left off, building a gap, carving his way through lapped traffic. That was really uh, his only... Uh, Uh, issue during the day was was lap traffic in as many cars uh, that he was putting behind him Uh, they certainly didn't make life easy obviously while desperately trying to hang on to the lead lap Uh, just like on Saturday's race uh, the leader Newgarden had the majority Majority of the field lapped as the race wore on. Uh, Interesting, Josh, a bizarre incident that happened on lap 157 on Sunday. Uh, Your your boy, uh, Stingray Rob, left the pit lane uh, without having the right rear tire attached. Oops, uh uh-oh. The tire bounced uh, onto the track and barely missed, hitting several cars. Uh, This caused the second caution, and Josh, I think this is the first time I think we've seen this uh, since covering IndyCar. But uh, the IndyCar officials disqualified uh, Stingray Rob uh, from the race after that took place. Uh, let's play this uh, video clip here, courtesy of uh, uh, NTT IndyCar Series on Twitter, uh, to check out why uh, Stingray Rob was, or actually the other cars uh, were doing some heads-up driving here. Uh, Stingray Rob's tire uh, busts loose out on the track.
0: Oh oh, it's on the track! Oh, no! oh boy how lucky was that oh almost got the race on the track wheel on
1: the track
3: please nobody hit it
1: that is so fortunate that was a catastrophe i'm not sure what the hesitation was in throwing the yellow
2: town was that well it's, it's a bit blocked from race control to see that side of the track perhaps but luckily that stays in the, side of the park. I think it was Alexander Rossi had to go was. to the high side up where the marbles are. The AMR official grabs that wheel and Firestone tire.
3: Wow, Josh! Uh, some uh, great driving there by those uh, other drivers uh, to avoid uh, Sting Rob Ray's uh, tire. There, as uh, as we said, he got disqualified for the uh, remainder. Uh, Of uh, of the race Uh, on lap 239, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, sprint to the finish there, hit the wall uh, coming out of turn four, which brought out the last caution of the race. Uh, The field bunched back up with three laps left, setting the stage for an exciting finish. Uh, New Garden, as he uh, as he did all weekend long, uh, pulled away quickly and never looked back. The rest of the top five fought for the remaining positions. Uh, Felix Rosenquist was left hung out to drive by willpower, dropping back several positions and moving uh, championship points leader, Alex Pillow, to third. Uh, Josh, uh, thoughts uh, on the weekend, thoughts on on both races, and and particularly uh, the uh, the driving uh, that uh, those drivers had to uh, maneuver around uh, with uh, Stingray Rob's tire bouncing out there on the track.
4: Oh yeah, definitely some heads up driving by those, uh, by those stellar drivers, uh, sucks for Rob, you know, I'm a big Stingray fan and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he, uh, probably laid into his, uh, if the, if his people told him he was good to go and the tire wasn't attached, he probably laid into his pit crew and I wouldn't be mad at him. Uh, you know, I, his pit crew is probably much older than him, but at that particular point, you're the you're the driver, you're the leader of the team. You, uh, you got to lay down some rules that, Hey, this can't happen. You know, not only, not only did I get disqualified, but that, that tire, that tire not being on there could have, um, could have seriously injured some, some, some people, you know, we currently have, have one driver out that's, uh, that hasn't, hasn't come back after a, uh, after a barrel roll. And like we saw at Indy, you know, the, when those tires go flying, it's, whatever's in its way it's going to hit and it could if it could have hit hit a fan or a spectator or a or anybody in the track it would it, w- it could have been fatal so uh you know that that was very fortunate that the tire was uh was not a factor to uh to injure anyone it sucks that uh, stingray got um disqualified um and did it not seem like that tire just would not stop it just kept rolling it, it, I know tires are supposed to roll, but generally sometimes they like roll over, they fall on their side, but that thing just kept, had a mind of its own. Um, but yeah. And, uh, new garden. I mean, just what can you say about the guy that I didn't say at the beginning? He, uh, he dominates ovals and, uh, that's a, uh, now he just needs to get a little bit better at the street and road courses and he'll put it all together. Um, but other than that it was a uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, I know it was a little 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 cooler than it was last year. I'm sure the fans out in Iowa loved, loved that and uh, Hyvie once again put on a great show for uh, for all for everybody.
3: Yeah, the uh, the temperatures were probably a, a little higher uh, than what uh, people uh, people obviously want, but you got to think it's it's Iowa in July. Uh, what uh, what are you going to expect having uh, Iowa in in July? And I was actually taking a look uh, at the uh, the temperatures uh, for uh, for next weekend uh, in in Nashville, and and we're looking uh, uh, late uh, or. Uh, late uh, late 80s uh, early or sorry uh low eight, high 80s to uh, to 90s uh for uh, for next weekend so uh not going to uh, get a uh, reprieve from uh, uh, from the heat there uh, whatsoever but yeah uh, Joseph Newgarden dominating performance uh finally somebody come along and break the stranglehold that uh, Alex Pillow, uh, has had uh, this year on uh, on 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 the uh, the races I know you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, he, uh, he you know, came home second. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> jokingly, uh-oh, what's wrong with Alex Pillow? He hadn't won a race in three races. What's wrong with Alex Pillow? <laughs> He's no. human. Yeah, he is human. He's, he is human. You're absolutely right. So uh, let's take a look at the uh, final results from Saturday's race uh, first, and then we will get to uh, Sunday's race. Uh, here is the uh, Saturday race results. They should be coming up on your screen there uh, momentarily uh, first obviously uh, joseph newgarden uh, scott mclaughlin Pato award marcus erickson and will power were your top five then it's scott dixon kyle kirkwood alex Palou, takuma sato well, driving the oval there for chip ganassi racing and alexander rossi round out your top 10 then it was roman grosjean david malucas felix rosenquist Elio Nevis, uh, Callum Iolot, uh, Augustine Canapino, Renus VK, Jack Harvey, Colton Herta, Christian Lungard, uh, winner a couple weeks ago, comes home in 20th. Uh, 21st, Connor Daly, he was driving uh, this weekend uh, for the uh, injured uh, Simon Pagano. Then it was Devlin De Francesca, Ryan Hunter Ray, Ed Carpenter, uh, Stingray Robb, uh, Santino Ferrucci, Benjamin Peterson, and Graham Ray Hall finishing twenty. 20- 8th so that was your results for saturday uh let's uh flip uh flip the script here a little bit and look at uh sunday's uh race results as well obviously uh nothing is going to uh uh to change uh at the top as uh, those should be coming up on your screen there momentarily uh it was a Joseph Newgarden, Will Power, Alex Pillow were your podium finishers, Felix Rosenquist, and Scott McLaughlin uh, end up the top five. Then it was Scott Dixon, Colton Herta, David Malukas, Marcus Erickson, Pato Ward round out your top ten. Then it was Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean, Christian Lungard, Callum Eilat, uh, Alexander Rossi, Elio Castroneves, Connor Daly, a second uh, great uh, ride this weekend, in 17th, Renus VK, Jack Harvey, Graham Rayhall. Hall, your top 20. Then Devlin De Francesca, Santino Ferrucci, Ed Carpenter, Ryan Hunter Ray, Takuma Sato, Augustine Canapino, Benjamin Peterson, and then Josh's boy right there, Sting Ray Robb, finishing 28th. So that is your look at both the Saturday and Sunday race results. Uh, let's go through some interviews uh, that. We were able to uh, to collect uh, after the races on Saturday and Sunday, uh, respectively. Uh, first, we'll start with uh, Saturday's race, and I need to get on the other screen here, Josh. There we go. Uh, running uh, two computers, two screens does get kind of um, uh, confusing uh, a little bit, but uh, let's start on Saturday's races first. And first, we're going to hear from Elio Castroneves. Yeah,
0: really bad and uh, NSR did a phenomenal job adjusting the car with higher
1: pressures from me. I have the twos inside the car and wow we were able to come back from 24 to 14th I can't believe it. And, uh, great uh, great back, not seeing the, the result, we do have a better result but the good news is we have another race tomorrow and the
5: better news is we are starting the top 8 so watch out for the number zero, 06 overall pretty eventful race um, ended up at P15 uh, lost a bit of ground on the first couple of stints had to tile in the car and the pit stops um, but after we got going and got the car in a good window we had good pace um, which was good the problem is with Iowa you're getting laps, you're lapping other people I had no idea where I was at any time um, on the circuit so I couldn't tell if I was 10th 20th it just just kept going and going um, but yeah we we had a good good race car i think tomorrow if we nail that first first couple of um runs with uh, with a better setup a better starting setup i think we'll be good so yeah it's a good day thanks to the team and uh, thanks
4: to chevy we finished our first race here
1: in iowa yeah, really good
6: experience so far. I'm really happy with P16, with our pace.
5: Honestly, I had a little bit of bad luck with the yellow. When it came out, I started to do my my third stint, so I lost some
6: position there, but the pace was really strong, and tomorrow we'll we, we going to another good race, a good box. Honestly, uh, we had really good pace
1: we had like the 11th fastest, like race pace over all the laps combined. So we were in the right place. We were making progress, but uh, the yellow caught us out. We hit it just before the yellow, which means that we got trapped uh, more laps down than we were. So um, super, super unlucky, today, which is a real shame. But this team, I, think, you know, I learned so much with the car. We made it better as we went, um, and I was much more used to it at the end. So I feel much, much better going in tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I just got of unlucky today, just flat out unlucky.
7: 250 laps of Iowa Speedway today.
5: Uh, the number 51 Bowhaven Honda did all right. Um, we make a couple mistakes and that cost us the race a little bit. Uh, we're going to clean it up for tomorrow. I'm going to do my job a little bit better. The crew's going to do their job in Pit Lane a little bit better and we're going to go forward. You it a double header. It's almost crazy. Uh, I guess what they say is the, it's the fastest short track in the world, and it might be true. Um, it's bumpy. It's, it races really crazy. With the degradation around here, it's, it's crazy because you don't know what the other guys are on as far as tires go. You don't know how many laps they have, but you're falling off three seconds by the end of the run, and that makes a big difference around a track that's only 19 seconds long.
6: All right, we just finished up race two there, and you know it. We got a PA finish, but you know, from when you look from where we start, it ends up being like, ah, oh, you know, that one kind of that one kind of hurt. But you know, we're, for the car that we had today, uh, I think me and the team we we timed everything and we we perfected everything. You know, we, unfortunately, we just didn't have the pace of these other cars in front of us. And I think strategy wise, everything was much better today than yesterday. Uh, and of course, that shootout at the end, we managed the time runs very good and managed to find a few more spots and get his PA and managed to secure a top ten finish for us. So. Looking at an overall standpoint for so the rest of the season, it feels good after this weekend. I have two consistent finishes since our season has been an absolute rocket ship going up and down, up and down. So to have some consistency for once feels good, and it kind of sets us up going in for the rest of
3: the season.
5: Well, that was a horrible end to the weekend. Uh, 51 car, had decent pace yesterday in the race. A couple mistakes in pit lane costs us a good result. Same thing today. Um, lost a left rear wheel. While on our second stop, I think it was, and uh, the series, I, I understand their perspective and I respect their call. And they pitted us and uh, just ended our day early, uh, just for safety of the, the other drivers, safety for myself, safety for crew members, fans, all everyone involved. Uh, if it was another wheel, it's not not appropriate. Uh, but we got a lot to work on as a team. We got to earn some consistency. Uh, we got to do some things right. And so that's what our goal is for the next next few races, to clean it up and uh, hopefully we'll have some good results in the future.
3: Josh, while we were going through those interviews, uh, our uh, guest has uh, joined us. And uh, it is a uh, absolute pleasure and honor, Josh, to uh, be able to bring uh, Nate Ryan from uh, NBC Sports on uh, obviously uh, admire the work uh, that uh, Nate does, not only in uh, in IndyCar, where we run into each other from time to time, but he also double dips over on the uh, NASCAR side as well. Uh, Nate, first and foremost, a huge thank you uh, for uh, taking a little bit of time. I know it's been busy the last couple weeks uh, for you on uh, the uh, racing circuit. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, busy weekend this past weekend in Iowa, dominating weekend uh, for for one Joseph Newgarden, wouldn't you say?
7: Yeah. And uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Derek. It's a pleasure to uh, join you guys. Uh, and yeah, I, I think we all know that that's the house that Joseph built is Iowa Speedway. But I don't think anyone was expecting that level of dominance. I mean, I thought I think we certainly thought he would be there as a contender to win both races, but to sweep both races the way he did, where I mean, from you know the midpoint of race one and from lap 10 onward in race two, um, it was, there was no doubt that he was going to win those races. And I think, you know, coming into it, knowing that Penske and McLaren hadn't tested after winning the two races last year, it certainly seemed as if the gap was closing a little bit that Colton Herta had a great test, with Andretti. And, you know, there was talk that some of the other teams might've made some gains and Joseph Newgarden after Friday practice, even though he was as Friday, uh, he certainly tried to lend that narrative that, um, and, you know, maybe it was because uh, he was trying to build some false optimism among his rivals, but uh, he was certainly saying like, I, I feel as if we're going to have to work harder to get these wins. And, you know, maybe they did, but um, I mean, clearly Penske was the class of the field and and was really best in class, not just Newgarden, but you look at Will Power and Scott McLaughlin, too.
3: Yeah, Nate, definitely uh, the the Pinsky uh, brand there has uh, has figured uh, the Iowa Speedway out and I thought it was uh, interesting. I don't know if you caught uh, some of the comments from from Col- Colton Herder uh, over the weekend that he was asked about uh, Pinsky's dominance. He goes, you know, uh, I, I don't know what they've got to figure this out, uh, but maybe uh, this place needs to be repaved uh, because yeah. <laughs> what Pinsky
7: yeah, what
3: what Pinsky has done there especially this weekend, uh, especially, you know, um, you know, Alex Pillow has been the the class act. I think uh, it's safe to say throughout this season. Uh, but uh, what they did this weekend, Joseph Newgarden narrowing the uh, points gap, is it definitely speaks for itself.
7: Yeah, I don't know if uh, Colton was kind of making a little joke there, knowing who owns the track. But of course, NASCAR are that's the owner of Iowa Speedway. And actually, as I was told this past weekend, the way it works is. Uh, IndyCar brokers to deal with NASCAR. And then IndyCar goes to High V, which is obviously the big entitlement sponsor of the weekend and sets up all the concerts. They handle all of that work. And IndyCar is sort of the intermediary for high V going to NASCAR, telling hy V w- what they can do after after IndyCar brokers the deal. But uh yeah, I don't think, unfortunately for Colton, I don't think NASCAR is gonna be investing seven figures in repaving Iowa Speedway anytime soon, unless uh they get a cup date, which when you consider all of the momentum, uh, the rave reviews that Iowa Speedway got, the way hy V has done such a great job of turning that into a true event weekend. I mean, I, you could make a serious case right now that after the Indy 500 and, and Long Beach, you could even almost say it's it's starting to threaten Long Beach for the, the number two spot on the schedule. I mean, in just two years, that this doubleheader weekend at Iowa Speedway has become a huge marquee uh, weekend. And so I I know that it's turned some heads in NASCAR. And again, NASCAR is looking at continuing to shake up the schedule. I don't think hy would be interested in, in necessarily sponsoring a, another race weekend for a competing series. I think they're very happy with IndyCar, not just with the series with Iowa Speedway and with Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. But uh, I think certainly NASCAR sees what's happening there and knowing that they are trying to diversify their schedule and maybe do some other NASCAR races. Like, who knows? Maybe we could see NASCAR follow IndyCar's lead into and back in Iowa Speedway. And maybe then Colton would get his repave and everybody would have a shot again, I had a chance to beat the Penske's.
3: Uh, yeah, and speaking uh, of Hyvie, I know this is the, what their their second uh, year uh, sponsoring, and I have to you know give credit where credit is due to Hyvie, the money that they've put in uh, to uh, this Iowa doubleheader. Obviously, it was great greatly attended uh, last year, despite the uh, the hot, humid, humid temperatures. Uh, but uh, Nate, can you speak on what the attendance was uh, this year? And I know um, your colleague uh, Nathan Brown over at the Star. Uh, put out what NBC's uh, viewership was. And I think that had to uh, raise a little bit of eyebrows uh, compared to what it was just one year ago.
7: Yeah, I definitely want to start there, Derek. I mean, to have both of these races on NBC uh, draw, I think total audience delivery of over a million, Um, both of these races, both had over a million people watching, uh, which was a significant uptick from last year. Both of those races on NBC as well. Uh, Just a a huge success story uh, for IndyCar, but of course, as the broadcast partner for NBC sports as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the ratings were phenomenal, uh, in terms of the attendance, I, you know, it felt like it was about even roughly even with last year. I know that, um, Nathan Brown and, uh, Bruce Martin, who does some writing for NBC sports for us as well, for our website, uh, they both talked to Bud Denker, who of course works for Penske corporation and oversees the Detroit grand Prix and oversees, uh, this event as well. And and Bud seemed to indicate that he thought um, they would have more people in the grandstands this year. It looked about even, Derek, but I think mean, clearly where it was definitely up was corporate support. I mean, as you saw in those those interviews, you could see it in the interview you just played of David Malucas, that huge uh, pit row suite structure, three stories uh right there on the inside of turn four on the entrance to pit lane. I mean, that was an extra... 35 suites right there. So they had like over, I think, 120 um, suites, which was up from like 70 something last year. Uh, and, and just a tremendous amount of corporate support. So even if um, fan attendance was flat, there's no question when Bud Denker is saying, hey, we, we made more money this year, revenue was up. I mean, it's, it's easy to understand why they had so many more corporate sponsors, so many more VIPs, so many more suites. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, Iowa Speedway was built as kind of like this, you know, reflection of Iowa is this great place for short track grassroots racing. You think of dirt track racing, you think of like the Knoxville Nationals, but Iowa Speedway has kind of become this corporate event now. I mean, like the, maybe the most unlikely of places, to have all of this corporate support, all of these big companies, these big sponsors, these brand names that hy associates with, they're all coming to the cornfields 35 miles east of Des Moines and literally, I mean, Newton, Iowa is, it's a very nice town, but it's a town of 15,000 people that's pretty much in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. And uh, it's become this huge corporate event. And of course, you got the IndyCar races and you've got these big name, you know, concerts with High profile performers like Carrie Underwood and Zach Brown Band and um, Ed Sheeran, I, I mean, and Kenny Chesney. I mean, but I, I think the most stunning part of this about how it's emerged in just two years is becoming this huge event is just, again, the amount of sponsorship that they've attracted. And that's not easy to do in auto racing, period, right now. Forget IndyCar. I mean, you read the headlines in NASCAR right now, and there's a lot of teams over there that are struggling to sign sponsors. And Here's an event again, Iowa Speedway, where High V has created this template, this blueprint for maybe how race weekends should be run in terms of generating corporate support. It's it's really a remarkable story.
3: And speaking uh, of money in, in IndyCar, Nate, and I'm going to ask you this last thing, and I'll turn the floor over to Josh. Uh, I think it's going to be it's safe to say the upcoming uh, silly season, the off season for people that don't follow IndyCar, is going to be crazy. Don't you think? It's going to be absolutely crazy.
7: Yeah, and I think it all hinges, Derek, on where does Alex Pillow go? Uh, I think it all starts with the points leader, and I I think it's almost fair to say at this point the presumptive champion. I know Joseph Newgarden closed some ground on Alex Pillow with the two wins at Iowa Speedway, but with Pillow getting that career-best third on Sunday, I mean, I have an 80-point lead now with what five races to go, And only one more oval left, which is Pelot's weakness. Although after this past weekend, I don't even know if you can say ovals are a weakness for this team right now. It's just, it's clearly his year. But uh, there's a lot of other drivers that are waiting to see what happens with Oxpilow. Of course, Marcus Erickson uh, is not signed for next year. He's going to go to a brand name team, whether he stays at Ganassi or or goes elsewhere. He's going to be with a, a, a powerhouse team, a contender. Um, David Malucas, who you just played, it sounds like he's looking around. Callum Eilott's name is out there. Um, Felix Rosenquist, of course. If Pillow does go to Arrow McLaren, like uh, w- we all thought was going to happen last year. Um, there are a lot of things in play here, Derek, you're right. And it reminds me a little bit of, of IndyCar's silly season two years ago, where at Nashville, I remember doing a story uh, in 2021, the first Music City Grand Prix. You had more than half the field at that point wasn't signed. Uh, for 2022, um, so those deals locked a lot of people in f- through last year, where you didn't have quite as much movement. But again, every it, it, I think more than half the field right now is kind of waiting to see where they're going to be in 2024. And it, I, again, it all hinges, I think, on what Pelotas. And uh, you know, I did I did even mention Roman Grosjean. I mean, there's another guy, um, big name. There's there's just there's almost too many to count at this point. It's certainly something we're going to keep our eye on nashville going forward but i don't know you know there was a lot of talk that we might get resolution on polo if if there was an f1 deal that it would happen this month but we're almost to the end of july and if we don't get news on polo by the end of july i don't know if we're going to get it before laguna seca i mean that was when we learned that he was coming back to ganassi for certain last year was two days after his win in the season finale of 2022 so uh certainly there's gonna be a lot of people paying with rapt attention what's going to happen here uh, starting at Nashville in another week, but it still could be a long wait before we uh, see where all the the pieces fit into place.
3: Yeah, definitely. Alex Pillow is going to be, as they say, that that first puzzle piece, that first domino uh, to fall, and it's just going to be a chain reaction, I believe. Uh, after that, uh, Josh, anything you got? You got for Nate?
4: Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Nate, for coming on. Uh, big big uh, big fan of yours. Um, just a couple questions. Back to the silly season. Um, is it a done deal that Pillow was going to go to uh, going to go to Errol McLaren, or is there a possibility that he could go back to uh, go back to Ganassi? I mean, they're on a uh, they're they're on a roll right now, one heck of a season. Why, uh, you know,
7: win in Vegas? Why why walk away from a heater? <laughs> That's what I say, Josh. Uh, I, I've been wondering the same thing, and you know, we a few of us sat down with Chip Ganassi before the season opener at Saint Petersburg, all the way back in early March. And I asked him that then I said, Chip, if, if Alex came to you and said, Hey, I want to come back all the water under the bridge, would, would you take him back? And our, and Chip said, yeah, I mean, I think he would. And clearly now, you know, to your point, the season he's had, um, I mean, Scott Dixon is the franchise driver. We all know for Chip Ganassi racing, but Scott Dixon, uh, just turned 43 years old. I think he'll drive for maybe a few more years, but at some point, Chip Ganassi is going to need another anchor driver, and you look at Alex Pello, who's 26 years old and is about to win his second championship, uh, pole sitter for this year's Indy 500. I mean, he's got the brightest future probably of any Indy car driver under the age of 30 right now, uh, including Colton Herta. I think a lot of of us would have said Herta a few years ago, but you look at what Pello has done here the last couple of years, and I mean, he is a franchise driver, and um, I you know I don't. I don't know. I don't know if any of us know are privy to all of the details of the contracts here, but we, we got a little bit of light shed on it um, during the legal entanglement that Pillow and Chip Canassi had last year where there's some um, public records filed in courts that we were able to see. And, you know, from what we could tell from that, I I don't think Alex Pillow was allowed to sign with anybody Um you know, prior to the end of the year or announce it. So, I mean, maybe he has a, he could have a verbal agreement or just an understanding, but I mean, I don't think he's um, technically allowed legally to have signed yet. So, you know, to your question about Aaron McLaren, I mean, again, yeah, maybe he's got some sort of agreement or understanding with them, but um, if, if it's not ink to paper, I mean, you guys know, I mean, and if it's a handshake deal, you um, I don't, you know, and again, like if he's having this kind of season at Ganassi, if I were him, I would certainly want to stay. I, I don't know what all of his options are. I don't know what kind of offers he has in F1, but after his 2021 championship, I talked to Alex below at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I asked him then, would you be ever be interested in going to Formula One? He said, not if I wasn't in one of the top, you know, three teams, those six rides. No. Um, And, you know, maybe his opinion on that has changed. Maybe, he looks at a situation where if he got into like a Red Bull uh, an Alpha Tari, Alpha Tari junior team with a promise that, Hey, we, you could become Max Verstappen's teammate in a couple of years. Like maybe that changes the game and maybe he would take like a midfield ride in F1 in that arrangement. So again, like I'm not privy to everything and all of his options here, but if I were him um, and I had an opportunity to stay with Chip Ganassi and if Chip Ganassi is going to pay me what I'm worth, which seems to be like what was sort of the hang up last year, um, and and probably led to a little bit of the contentious, protracted uh, contract negotiations that they have. That led to Chip Ganassi just renewing his option on Pillow. Uh, You know, given all these things, if I was Alex polo and and the deal was right to stay with Ganassi, I mean, I would take it. And I don't. I, and I think anybody who claims they know absolutely what's going to happen um, isn't telling the, the whole truth. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, one of like Chip Ganassi, Alex Pello. I I don't know if anybody truly knows which way this is going to break. Yeah, I
4: was talking to uh, me and Derek were talking earlier on a show earlier in the year and I said what why wouldn't why quit why shouldn't he go back to chip? Uh, thanks for the insight. Um, one other question. I, I guess I haven't been able to find it anywhere. What exactly is maybe you know is the injury that uh, Simon Pagino, is is it a head injury that he's that he's uh, that he's but- dealing with or is it something else something else ailing him
7: Yeah it's a good question Josh and uh, it has not been disclosed mm-hmm. um you know, IndyCar and all racing series um t- uh, tend to be uh, very buttoned up and very delicate about how much Information they release, you know, not just with like HIPAA laws and, and regulations and those sorts of things, but um, they do kind of let the drivers um, because it's private medical information. They they allow the drivers to, hey, if you want to put this out there and explain what you're going through, you can. But like, we're that's that, that's that, that's your decision. We're we're not going to make that decision for you. So, um, I mean, certainly after the crash at Mid Ohio when he was when Simon Pagin was reevaluated and since he's been really reevaluated since then. I mean, we know that part of IndyCar's protocol is to have them do the baseline impact testing, which of of course is what you do after someone suffers a head injury or concussion to make sure that um, their, you know, motor, motor skills, hand eye coordination, like all that is the same. So, um, and you know, Pagano, while he hasn't been specific in terms of what his injury is, he has said that like, he's still recovering, um, for mid-ohio so uh and you know all that coupled with the fact that Iowa is two races on you know as we heard I think stingray Rob say on the clip you just played you know maybe the fastest short track on the planet um, certainly not conditions that would be conducive um to try to recover from the, the type of crash he had at mid-ohio so I, you know it could have just been precautionary more than anything um it, it, it might have been you know, simon's decision in a way i know that like technically they're saying he hasn't been cleared yet but it also might have been simon saying like hey if i'm not cleared by toronto let's take iowa off and then you know reevaluate going to nashville and see if i'm ready then so yeah i i wish i like had like a Mm -hmm. answer for you um because I, i think there is a lot of interest in that and you know maybe when he returns, we might get more insight. We might get more uh, clarification on that from, from Pagino, but uh, yeah, all we really know at this point is that he's recovering from injuries, but not specified injuries that he, he suffered in that, that terrifying crash at mid Ohio.
4: Thanks. I, uh, I was just wondering, you know, you're an insider. I figured you'd know a little bit more than uh, I would. And like I said, I couldn't find it anywhere on the net. Um, One more question. And I always ask this of every guest that comes on.
7: Do you like ovals? Do you like street or do you like road <laughs> courses more? Uh, I, I hate to give you the uh, the boring uh, both sides answer here, uh, Josh, but like uh, I love street courses because they're events. Um, and I've had people who cover, you know, their only exposure was to NASCAR. Uh, actually, it's a, a guy who's based uh, in Philadelphia for the Associated Press, a guy named Dan Gelston, who primarily in his his career he'd been kind of filling in covering nascar races at like pocono and dover and new hampshire he went to the first music city grand prix that was his first time ever being at a street race much less covering them he covered the inaugural music city grand prix in nashville in 2021 and he was like nascar needs 10 of these (laughs) so and that that's kind of how i feel every time i get to go to one of these street races whether it's st pete or long beach or or nashville um like it's it's such a cool event but that being said I mean nothing this place is the Indy 500 that's the greatest racing event I ever covered I ever will cover um I love spending May at the Speedway and you know road courses are fun too I don't get to cover them as much but I I have covered uh Laguna Seca um three of the last four years and not just a beautiful part of country but an amazing natural terrain track as well so yeah, I'll just I'll give you the boring answer and say it's really hard for me to choose. But I think that's what makes IndyCar so great is that diversity of schedule. And it sounds as if uh, for next year, you know, we could see even a little bit more diversity with maybe another short oval coming on, which I, I think would be great to balance it out a little bit more.
4: Thanks, Nate. Uh, hope to have you on again and uh, good luck in the rest of the season, whether it be an IndyCar or cover NASCAR.
7: Yeah, uh, I'll be at Nashville and uh, plan to be at Laguna Seca as well. So, uh looking forward to doing a, a Oh, and and India as well. Of course, I'll be there for the big IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader next month. So, um yeah, look forward to uh seeing you guys. Look forward to seeing you, Derek, maybe at IMS and uh thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
3: Yeah, Nate, again, a huge thank you uh for for coming on and carving a little bit of the- time out of your busy schedule uh for people that don't follow you already uh, heaven forbid that they don't uh, where can they find you at on uh, twitter and then where can they find your work at sure thanks i appreciate that derek
7: so uh at nate ryan on twitter uh nbcsports.com slash motors is where you can find all of our indycar i do some imsa as well indycar sports cars uh and then i'm also do a little bit of writing nbcsports.com slash nascar i also host the uh NASCAR and NBC podcast, which is out uh, every Monday. So appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, promote the work. I uh, Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Nate. And again, a huge thank you. And we'll see you uh, two weeks or next week, rather Nashville. And then uh, two weeks at uh, IMS. Sounds great. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. Good. You too. Uh, good stuff from from Nate, Nate Ryan. Go check him out, uh, NBC Sports. Uh, you'll definitely enjoy the uh, coverage uh, that, that he has. Uh, Josh, our, our betting uh, e- exponado, I think, and I may have pronounced that incorrectly, uh, has, uh, has joined us, and you asked me earlier or mentioned earlier about uh, how did I know that uh, Joseph Newgarden was going to sweep this weekend? It was simple. Remember the message that Mike passed out last week to take either Pato Award of Joseph Newgarden That was it. That's all. That's all you see. All you had to do, the simple, simple instructions. All you had to do is follow them. And and you went against the grain, which I knew you would because you have such a huge lead when it comes to this. But that's why I took Joseph Newgarden. I was told either take Newgarden or award and you're you're not going to go wrong. And guess what? He was right again. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, I figured you're probably, uh, you know, you probably got to build a a pool house or something now to uh, put all the cash in uh, that you made uh, at Iowa this past weekend
6: easy game right like it was easy piece of cake bet joseph like that was the plan uh it got a little tricky i'll i'll i will give josh that like i i do respect and appreciate the contrarian uh nature i i'm i i'm definitely a contrarian especially and i think that serves people betting well when they have that mindset but this one was easy it was bet joseph when you could have talked to me you could have talked to me in december january february Bet Joseph. I don't care how it works, just bet him. Um, and uh, it got a little tricky in the first race when the books posted a two-to-one, just over two-to-one number. It's like, oh, how the heck are you going to bet somebody to win an IndyCar race in the most competitive motorsports series at two-to-one? Um, but, uh, but the plan then became, uh, if you watch me on Twitter, I said, hey, let's wait for qualifying. Let's just cross our fingers that he slips up in qualifying, maybe qualifies fifth, sixth, seventh. It doesn't matter. If he's not qualifying top three in this race, like it does on a road or street course. Uh, and he did. He qualified, I think, fifth or sixth, maybe, for the first race. And his number dropped to plus 350. Uh, and you had to be quick. Like I was literally uh, sitting there Saturday morning uh, when I woke up and I was watching some golf, uh, the open. And I'm just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. 350 pops up for New Garden, and boom, I just placed a huge bet on that. Um, and then the only other bet I made on Saturday was Potter out to top three. Uh, like I said, bet those two. So made a big uh, wad of cash on Saturday, and then Sunday it got even trickier. Man, Sunday they posted Joseph at plus one seventy-five to win the race. Uh, so if you watched me on uh, on Twitter, I said uh, I said let's parlay it with Verstappen to win the F one race, and uh, let's get the juice up a little bit. And that got it got it to three to one, uh, and that hit. And then uh, on top of that, I decided to pair Joseph. With Max, with Brian Harmon to win the open and hit that at five to one. So uh, I already got a pool, but yeah, I could get a bigger one. <laughs> so it was a good weekend,
4: <laughs> man. I wish I had I had your uh, had your money. I'd, I'd, I'd have a pool in my backyard, and we're going to have ninety degree weather here shortly, and I can't wait to have it.
6: uh, it's a nice thing to have it's a pain in the ass to keep up uh, and keep clean but yeah uh yeah man so easy game Derek you're right bet Joseph and and that's the end of it like he like he should have won both last year I wish I would have had the opportunity to parlay him to win both I think might have been able to get like six seven eight to one on that I would have bet that uh but yeah it was pretty much a sweep of the week the only thing I missed was I had McLaughlin in the top three on Sunday and, uh, I don't know what happened to him. He burned up his tires, uh, at the end of that race and he was going backwards. He finished fifth. Um, and Polo was a big surprise for me how well he ended up doing on Sunday. I, I wasn't all over it. I wasn't on that, but, uh, also had some matchups too. So yeah, I was great. Um, I wish I was there. I was, I was planning on being there in person. Uh, it didn't work out with some, uh, family stuff, but, uh, Maybe some other time and and then uh shoot if I was there I probably would have bet it even bigger just being there live. It's always always a bigger bet when you're live and you're at the track. So but we'll do it again next year. You just write it down, just bet Joseph again. Pretty simple.
4: So when we go to St. Louis, I need to just bet Joseph, correct?
6: Yeah, probably. Well, uh it's not as it's not as dominant of a history. But, I mean, Joseph just – it's not even not even close. So, I got—I don't know. I don't remember St. Louis, man, off the top of my head on uh, how he perf- – I knew he won there. Um, but I don't think it's like whatever it is about how he times those passes. I mean, McLaughlin, they did a lot of uh, – a bunch of pieces on him. I don't know who – if it was NBC or, or whoever Peacock was doing it. But if you were watching the practices, he – McLaughlin was talking about all the tips he gives them. And he just knows how to time those passes. He knows that track. He's got the best package they've got. Nobody can apparently figure out the setup that they got, which is amazing to me. I was, was a little worried that Andretti tested there and could have caught up to the setup, but it, it's just he owns that place. It's not even close um, in in terms of it. So I,
3: I know I talked we we talked about this with, when Nate was on, but I thought the, Colton Herda made an interesting comment that until they uh, until they repave that uh, Pinsky knows exactly the nooks and crannies. Uh, of of that track, so until they repave that, that it's going to be basically uh, the Pinsky team and the rest of the field.
6: Great. Well, I, from betting money purposes, I hope the uh, I hope that's what they do. Um, and and that's great. You know, I even had I did have a Will Power ticket Saturday, so I just remembered that bet him at fourteen to one, just because the just kind of hedging off the Joseph number, and also we're betting I bet the uh, under seven and a half car number to win which i figured covered pato joseph and scott so and i had wills ahead so yeah it was it was a great week man so but yeah just just it's pretty simple uh yeah sorry i couldn't make it last week had something come up last minute but the message was easy bet joseph
3: yeah it absolutely was uh mike we only have a handful uh, of races left so looking back so far at this 2023 season has this been the easiest track uh, to uh to bet on because obviously basically you know put your money on on joseph and let it ride is that uh kind of going into uh, last weekend was this the easiest uh track that you've had to handicap this year
6: yeah yeah like i would have put the money on joseph in january february i think uh tony and i did a burnout bets like a preview show um and that came up like easiest bet first bet, first bet you can lock in uh, for the entire year if, if you could have made it would be that uh, joseph at iowa just take them for both races uh lay the money down lay all the money you can down and and, and then collect your dollars so but, but that's a good segue Derek, because we come to nashville uh which i have uh, i checked my notes before the podcast here checked my data looked at some of the stats pulled up pulled up my stuff i used to kind of handicap the races and i had like in big bold letters uh this race is a I don't know if I can curse. This race is a shit show. Uh, (laughs) Don't bet a lot of money on this race. Um, I've now learned that twice the hard way, Um, I think. So Uh, this is probably the hardest race to handicap. I mean, there's a little bit of history with McLaughlin and Dixon performing well. Herda, the very first time we came to Nashville, was crazy fast. Um, So I have no clue. We're going to have to wait and watch and see if they change the track up because I know drivers were complaining about that. So I know we got two weeks right until that race. So uh, we'll have to see what the drivers say, but yeah, this next one is going to be the toughest one. It's going to be one of the tougher ones to handicap.
3: Yeah, that uh, actually that race is uh, next weekend, but uh, uh, yeah, that's, you know, they don't call it uh, Crashville uh, for a reason. So I I think you're absolutely right. I, I can remember that first year. I couldn't imagine the amount of cautions, and then you had the the car that ended up winning. If you remember, was Marcus Erickson. Yeah, well, he went, went airborne. He went, yeah. yeah, he went airborne in the beginning of that race and ended up uh, uh, pulling it out. But, but yes, yeah, that was going to be my last question before I turn it over to Josh. As you go from the easiest track to handicap Iowa, and now you got uh, Nashville, where basically you know you could just throw a dart, uh and, and you might be just as accurate as you are going to be researching and using uh, your notes, like you said
6: yeah bankroll management but the goal is don't blow all the money i just won (laughs) in iowa that's it so i'll be careful with this next race uh if for some reason i end up at the track i'll probably change i'll maybe pick off some matchups but trying to find the winners in the top threes like the history there's only two years of history in this track and and it's just a mess like it's just crashville like you said um you got guys flying in the air having seven pit stops is what erickson did that race and won it somehow i think that's that's the most pit stops I've ever seen, uh, and correlating with a win. So, yeah, just try not to lose all the money and be be careful about about betting that race.
3: Mm. Uh, Josh, anything before we before we let Mike go?
4: No, no. Uh, I mean, I'll be following him towards uh, when we get to Nashville. I don't know if I'll be able to make any bets in while well, we're in Nashville. I can't remember if they have sports betting or not, but
6: uh, we'll see how it goes uh it's a great question i don't know if te- i think tennessee i was there recently for a for a uh for a, a t- uh, or for, for a what was i there for oh a hockey game outdoor hockey game i'm trying to think if the stadium had bedding and i don't think it did uh i had to bed mm-hmm. offshore but um it might have it now lots lots change but uh definitely, yeah if you, you guys both can be there. something
3: we'll have to, uh, yeah.
6: we will both be there yes Okay.
3: Yeah, we're gonna leave. Uh, we're gonna leave uh, Thursday. Yep, yep, Thursday afternoon. So hopefully, maybe you can uh, uh, make your way there. I know, obviously, uh, Tony will be there. I met up with him uh, last year, so we'll have to uh, see if we can all uh, get together and uh, and hang out and stuff. But Mike, I always look forward to, to this uh, segment. Uh, look forward to what you have uh, next week. Just basically throwing a dart uh, at, at Nashville and, uh, you know, hoping that you, uh, you hit it, but, uh, where can people find you at, uh, from between uh, now and uh, a week from now?
6: Yeah, just keep, uh, well, I was gonna say Twitter X, X, X now we're calling it You can get me on X at indie underscore bet. I don't know what the heck Elon Musk is up to, but, uh, yeah. So Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, um, at indie underscore bet. And, uh, yeah, you can pretty much. That's everything gets posted up there. I'll be, it'll be quiet for me this week unless I uh, decide to do something with the SRX race for fun. I'll post that if I do. Uh, but otherwise, it uh, we'll, it'll fire back up as soon as we see some odds and we play the waiting game for what kind of odds we'll get for uh, Nashville and uh, try to figure out if we we can see anything. I'm sure there'll be some numbers. I decide to bet. I think. Uh, I think anything. I'll be looking for stuff in the double digits. You know, if it Hurt is in double digits or Grosjean. Uh, I doubt I'd touch any of the, the top drivers for that race that are the single digit numbers. Cause it's just, just a mess. So I might have to bet Erickson just to kind of hedge, but I think that was just a Lux box win by him, but, uh, but yeah, man. So that'll be, that'll be where you can find me.
3: Uh, Mike, good stuff. As always, we look forward to uh, one week from now and hearing what you're going to have for us uh, at, at Nashville. So, uh, uh, at- Thanks as always, and we'll talk in talk again in about uh, one week's time.
6: All right, guys, take care. Yep,
3: yeah. good stuff. Go check out what Mike has going on over at uh, at his uh, X account. I guess is what we're going to say now, not Twitter, uh, but uh, but his uh, X account. Uh, before we get out of here, Josh, we do have uh, some uh, news and notes uh, to. Um, to go over. Uh, First and foremost, uh, I know you had something interesting that you were uh, working on, maybe not working on, but uh, talking about, looking at uh, earlier today, uh, break down the potential. And I know Nate touched on this, uh, looking at the 2024 schedule, uh, but uh, what is something that that you're hearing uh, that could potentially uh, change the scheduling uh, coming up in 2024?
4: Well, uh, as you know, every four years we have Olympics, and next year, uh, I believe it's the Winter Olympics, will be uh, will be here, and uh, it will be going on about the same time as uh, Nashville would usually be. So, uh, IndyCar is currently looking at uh, for that three week uh, three week period of, uh, of of the Olympics going on. You know, NBC. Who uh, owns Peacock uh, is going to be tied up with the Olympics, and they're not going to be able to uh, broadcast any cars. So they're going to have a three <clears throat> three week hiatus uh, somewhere around end of July, uh, beginning of August. So what the rumblings are are they are going to they're going to uh, they're gonna move Nashville to the season finale, knocking uh, Laguna Seca out. Laguna Seca will still be ran. I believe it will be ran earlier in the season. Um, I've heard uh, either March, uh, it's sometime around March, they'll move, they'll uh, they'll put them. But uh, Nashville next year looking to be the uh, the fu- the final race of the season, which will uh, which will be interesting. Uh, you know, with it being uh, as you as you and uh, you and Mike were just talking about being Crashville. So if uh, next year's season, you know, if it's a, if the points race is a lot tighter going into that Nashville race. It could be a crap and We could be seeing somebody, two, two drivers or even maybe three drivers going at it, uh, trying to uh, make it through the streets of Nashville. So uh, that's what I heard. Uh, nothing's been confirmed as of yet, but uh, next year the Olympics will be going on right around the time that Nashville is supposed to happen. So the rumor is that it will be moved to the end of the season and Laguna Seca will be moved to earlier in the season.
3: I think another interesting caveat uh, in this, uh, Josh, that that we're not talking about I, again, if this happens, that's right around football season too. So not only could you potentially have a Tennessee Titans home game that weekend, but you could have an IndyCar race uh, right there as well. So uh, I think that's going to be something interesting uh, to uh, to monitor going into uh, 2024 Uh, another piece of of news uh, that we want to go over here before we get on out of here. I know we touched on this a little bit earlier with uh, Nate Ryan uh, from NBC sports. If you happen to uh, miss that uh, interview, make sure you go back and look at it. But we were talking about the uh, viewership uh, this past weekend from the uh, Iowa double header on, uh, on NBC and on Peacock. Well, uh, this, uh, this race definitely got uh, some eyeballs, Josh, to uh, to say the least Uh, the NTT IndyCar series, Iowa doubleheader races on NBC averaged more than 1 million viewers. And that is up 31% uh, versus the doubleheader in 2022 Uh, going down to uh, the uh, IndyCar section here, uh, NBC sports coverage of the NTT IndyCar series doubleheader from Iowa Speedway on NBC and Peacock on Saturday and Sunday averaged a combined TAD of 1.12 million viewers up 31% from last year's combined double header of this number. Last year, they only had a viewership of 853,000 this year. It was 1.12 million. So a uh, huge kudos uh, to uh, the Iowa Speedway, high uh, V, uh, the NTT IndyCar series uh, for definitely bumping up uh, their, their viewership numbers. Uh, Saturday's high V. Homefront 250, uh, which aired from 255 to 5 p.m., uh, averaged a tad of 1.145 million viewers to rank as NBC's, wow, I didn't catch this, it, it, viewers to rank as NBC Sports' most-watched non-Indy 500 race since the season opener at St. Petersburg on NBC and the most-watched Josh Iowa race since 2008. Wow. Sunday's hy One Step 250, uh, which aired from 2.29 p.m. Eastern Time to 4.17 p.m., averaged a tad of 1.092 million viewers, delivering NBC Sports' sixth IndyCar race to eclipse 1 million viewers this season. And lastly, through 11 races, the 2023 NTT IndyCar Series is averaging a tad of 1.512 million viewers to rank as the most watched season to this point since 2016 when media rights were split between NBC Sports Network and ABC so, Josh, it does seem like, and, you know, this is something that we harped on uh, time and time again, it seems like, uh, but uh, the NTT IndyCar series, uh, kudos to them, uh, kudos to NBC Sports and Peacock, because what the one thing that we've been talking about is, you know, the IndyCar series wants to get more viewers, more eyeballs on their product. And with this data that is coming out, uh, Josh, they are they are crash are breaking uh, barriers and breaking records most
4: definitely um it's uh, it's great to see great to see that both races had over a million uh views um getting eyeballs on the sport um i also think it helped that um you know we're we're not in a dead period but we're not in a uh, we're not in a you know there's not a oversaturation of sports uh you know the us not the us the uh, open the british open was uh, was on early so everyone on and off early so everyone was able to sit down and watch the watch the races but uh not going to take away from it it was a uh it was a fantastic weekend fantastic races uh dominated by J- Joseph Newgarden but uh it, this has got to this got to uh make NBC and uh NTT and IndyCar you know that much more happy happier to see that they're they're drawing eyeballs now are they going to be able to keep it Going into uh, you know we start we, training camp starts tomorrow for N- NFL teams you're gonna have preseason games hopefully going forward uh, all the way up until the final uh, final lap at Laguna Seca that we can uh, keep keep numbers like this showing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. People are going to have uh, options uh, when it comes uh, when when football season, which is right around the corner, comes. So it is going to be interesting to see if uh, the uh IndyCar series can compete uh, with the uh, the football that you're going to see. Basically, <laughs> it seems like uh, to this point, uh, basically every night or every day. Uh, one last piece of news uh, before we drop the checkered flag uh, on this show, and I, and and this is something else too. Uh, I think Josh that we have uh, alluded to. Uh, before and again uh, this is just a, a rumor we cannot confirm this can't confirm any of this yet uh, but uh, over uh, colleagues over at racer.com uh, if you don't check that out uh, racer magazine i believe.com go check that out but IndyCar is rumored here we go and this is something nate talked about as well to be abandoning the august date at the indianapolis motor speedway next year and adding a return visit to, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Milwaukee Mile. We've talked about that on here as well, so somebody could potentially be listening. But in theory, now with with IndyCar only going to IMS, the IMS road course, if this happens one time a year next year in the month of May, that would end, obviously, the uh, NASCAR-IndyCar uh, relationship, the double header uh, that they've had the last few years you know brickyard weekend uh, as it uh, as it is here and in theory it could open the door because you know NASCAR wants to go back to the uh, oval layout uh, but this could potentially, Josh, open the door uh, for NASCAR to go back to the oval layout for its 30th anniversary of its first Brickyard 400. But again, as we said, this is just speculation. Uh, we have nothing to to base this on. Nobody's come out and, and confirmed this. But more importantly, Josh, no one's come out and denied this. So this is going to be something definitely worth uh, uh, watching here as we uh, wind down.
4: Oh, definitely. Um My view on it is it's a good thing uh, that they're going back to Milwaukee. Um, You know, it used to, there used to only be one race at Indy and uh, then we had two and now we have three, you know, I know the Indy 500 is, is the granddaddy of them all, but at some particular point you're taking away from the allure, the luster of the Indianapolis 500 by putting two more, putting two more races in that, uh, in that facility. I know they're both road courses, but I just think that it's a good thing. It gets another, gets another track onto the, on the schedule. Uh, they don't add another race, but it gets another track onto the schedule, you know, gets more, uh, more people to be able to go, you know, Milwaukee. I know they've there, that would make, uh, two races in the state of Wisconsin that, uh, that, that, would be good for them. um, and uh the for the 30th anniversary i think that nascar should go back to the oval for the um as much as much as that tra- that track is not meant or it was never set up for for nascar i just i think i think that uh, for the 30th anniversary you need to go back to the grassroots what it used to be it needs to go back to the oval and uh, and work on it there so i'm all for them them not having a third race added IMS. Um, and, uh, I know it's helped, helped NASCAR over the last couple of years, you know, sell tickets, but uh, I think coming up on the 30th anniversary, the, that, that right there can uh, sell the tickets themselves.
3: Yeah, I'm in, I'm in total agreement uh, with you, Josh. I, I've always thought that having that uh, first uh, road course, uh, race out there during the month of May as you said it kind of takes away from the allure of the uh, Indianapolis uh, 500 so uh, you know I, I, I can deal with two I, I think three is a little bit of overkill uh, but if we're going to add another track and we have to subtract uh, one of the uh, road courses out at IMS you know what I am like you am in total uh, agreement uh, with that uh, Josh anything else that you want to uh, add here uh, before we uh, drop the checkered flag uh, get to the closer and uh, we'll get on out of here
4: not really uh, i do i do want to send a congratulations to you on uh gaining two more spots you know you put pick new garden to win both races and uh you beat me so and we got five races to go and you've shrunk my lead down to uh to less than what it was before so now it's on i'm gonna have to uh, put my thinking cap on and when we get to nashville i'm gonna have to come up with a better better pick
3: like I said, all, all I did was take Mike's advice, take Joseph Newgarden. That's what I did. And, you know, I, like they say, you, you put the hay in the barn and, and you see what happens, but a uh, huge thank you to all of the drivers uh, that uh, obviously stopped by and give us a little bit of their time after the uh, Iowa double header this weekend. Uh, also a huge. Thank you to Nate Ryan from NBC sports for stopping by uh, go check out uh, his work, not only on the IndyCar side, uh, but the NASCAR side as well uh, for myself. Josh and everyone else that makes up the Push to Pass podcast, Uh, huge thank you to all of them. Uh, We will back. We'll be back rather in one week's time uh, to preview Nashville, Uh, and then remember uh, we will be uh, down there uh, coming up on uh, next Thursday. Uh, So definitely be looking forward to uh, meet the uh, folks uh, that uh, watch and listen to uh, to this show uh, down in uh, in the Nashville area. Uh, Definitely want to get out amongst the uh, people as well. So like I said, for myself, Josh, and everyone else that makes up the Push to Pass podcast, we will be back in one week's time to preview Nashville. So until then, so long, everybody.
0: Let's go, there's a bit of a scramble on that
1: second and third row. And look up on the high side, the red and white machine is Marcus Eriksson. And behind them Hunter Ray doing the same thing he did yesterday in that blue and gold car, but it's two and three
2: wide down into turn three. How about Pato Award once again going big to the high side and making it work. He's right on the tail of Joseph Newgard. I talked about jamming them up early, and Pato Award is doing just that. Side by side now for the position. Inside
0: Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden doesn't want to relinquish it. That's Ed Carpenter in the Bitnall machine, the golden black car, and Newgarden has been able to fend off this man here, Award. One, two, three, teammates, and Newgarden on the inside. He grabs second, he grabs the lead. What can't this guy do here? Two passes for the Corn King in one corner. There was one caution in yesterday's race, and this is the first one today, and here is the reason. It's the Argentinian rookie, Augustine Canapino. Watch the green and black car. Just got up into the marbles, up into the gray. Here's the green at Iowa Speedway. Watch that red and white car further back. Look at Will Power, dives to the inside, three wide and a ward's been swamped.
2: Look at Marcus Erickson again! Sensational on the restart! Otto Award got jumped there by Willpower and Marcus Erickson. Erickson doing a great job on the start and restart as Will Power now goes to the high side. Now award has momentum. And a challenge for the lead. Scott McLaughlin on the inside. Joseph Newgard hanging it oh. Up top, he's going to have the advantage coming off, but he's under threat now. Newgarden with a big old squirmy wiggle on the high line. That almost got away from him. Newgard not interested at all in running second place today. And the teammates are together again. It's one, two, three, Team Penske. Stingray Rob in the 51 Biohaven car. Slow on the backstretch. Oh, oh look, look at that. Coming off. That's sketchy. They got to throw it Oh, yellow. it's on the track. Oh, no. It. Oh, boy. How lucky was that?
0: Oh. Almost got the They're race. on the track. Wheel on the track. Please, nobody hit it. That is so fortunate. Let's have a look at the Stingray Rob pit stop. Oh, 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 and the
1: left rear change is saying, no, 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 I'm not ready. And they slow, I mean, at, at that point, you've got a radio to the driver. You see the wheel nuts not even on the car.
0: Back to racing here at Iowa Speedway. Look at the traffic jam. Herder on the inside of Scott
1: Dixon. Three wide into turn one. It was a great jump from Colton Herder. I don't think Scott Dixon was actually anticipating Having the number 26 down to the inside caused a bit of a
2: traffic jam. Three wide, four wide into turn three. And this Uh is the pack to watch because Scott McLaughlin in the yellow and white expel and Pato Award in the black and orange McLaren on fresh Firestones, they will be making fast and furious moves. Rosenquist is second and he is flying, James. This car has come alive.
0: All right, bud, that's Newgarden there. You know what to do. Let's go get him. That's Newgarden, says Billy Vincent. You know what to do.
2: Go get him. I am so impressed with where Rosenquist is found. I don't know why, but he has found the pace today. Up 14 positions since the start.
0: Oh, yellow, yellow, turn
5: four. Hold this on. Forward.
2: What's
0: this for? All right. This is what happened to RHR Ryan hunter Ray. He said, "I just got up into the grade, got into the marbles, hit the wall." Does anybody have anything for Joseph Newgarden? Will Power ducks out of the draft. Power goes to second
1: immediately. Power pushing Rosenquist all the way Uh-oh. up
2: into the dirt. That's going to cost him a ton. of Wow. Spots. McLaughlin sideways trying to keep out of Rosenquist. McLaughlin was begging for tires, but he has to hang on for three more laps. And what does that do? Alex Pillow now right up into third position. That is not good for Newgard hello into third, podium position with two to go, but it's side by
1: side, Felix Rosenquist on the bottom, McLaughlin up top. McLaughlin told us, on the radio, he is
0: barely hanging on, he's almost crashing. Dixon dives for the inside on Herter, Newgarden's got over half a second on his teammate Will Power. They're coming to the white flag,
1: one to go, less than a mile. Flag. McLaughlin is just dropping like a stone. But remember, these cars are still a lap down. He is still in fifth as the the last car on the lead lap at the top of your screen. It's Joseph Newgarden out front. Stand up and pay respects to this man, the king of corn country. Joseph Newgarden wins
0: the weekend, does the double in Iowa. Unbelievably dominant performance from the Hitasi Chevy. Watch the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix Sunday, August 6th at noon on NBC.